0: this is Avery from RadShare. You're listening to
1: the BMX In Our Blood podcast.
2: Hey everyone, thanks for downloading another episode of the BMX In Our Blood. So thank you for the intro, Avery, Avery Hanger. She did the intro for RadShare.org. Her father, Nate Hanger, and Steve Crandall are the uh, muscle and brains behind that nonprofit organization that is doing amazing things for the community around Richmond and in Richmond to uh, basically try to get bikes and safety gear so that kids can experience BMX the way that we all did when we were kids. So definitely check them out and do whatever you can to support that awesome cause. Speaking of Richmond, thank you, Powers Bike Shop, for continuing to sponsor the BMX in our blood. You all know where to find Powers Bike Shop in Richmond, Virginia, either online or in person. Especially if you ever go to one of the jams held there in the parking lot of Powers, or if you see him at a race. If he's vending at a national or a Virginia state race. Check them out if you're in any need of bikes or parts. Or if you want to check out the Power Spike Shop Museum. Also, I know this is a couple podcasts in a row, pretty close together. I hope you guys gave the podcast a listen before this, which was episode 88. And that one was with Red Panda or Appalachian Trail Red Panda, otherwise known as Danielle, a a through hiker of the Appalachian Trail that told her story about completing that through hike of almost 2,200 miles over five months. It's pretty interesting. She also gets into a bit of world travel. So if you haven't listened to it, give it a shot. I'm going to do this a little more often where I'm kind of jumping off to different different subjects because I think you will be interested. And uh, if not, then no problem. Just hang on for the next BMX interview. So anyway, Happy New Year to everybody and make it the best one yet. I finally had to not wear one of his shirts today. Oh yeah, because they wear super flies instead. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Yeah, I love this shirt. I love your shirts too. But <laughs> I've I've had them on in quite a, quite a few interviews. That's my that's my favorite shirt. It's the shirt that I that I
3: like. Mm-hmm. I reserve, you know, like I hold it. I don't wear it that much. The Trail Division shirt, oh, special occasion yeah. shirt.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. The design's cool. Plus, it's like it's like nice yours, like good yeah. quality, softer. Totally. You know what I mean. The BMX Union
0: has a bunch of cool design shirts too. Yeah. Good fitting. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nice, Robert. Yeah. I guess just come closer. <laughs> how does the, How does the ambient noise sound? Is it doing all right? Yeah, it's. Um, I'm sure it's fine. All right, cool. You ready? Because you, uh, you're gonna have a couple of things on your phone, and whatever else you remember from before that I already forgot. Yep. So, uh, anyway. Thank you. I think you're. Yeah. Thank you. You guys are sure. up. You guys are up to like 80. You are 89. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: sick. Yeah. Hopefully you get like like a Matt Hoffman for 100. Something like somebody <laughs> we super powerful. Literally that. just talked yeah. about But this. I can't tell you until this is off
2: but would, <laughs> what the plan is. Got it. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a really good one. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, Ed Polio from 5050 Skate Park, Thanks for uh, having us out here. In, thanks for it. Um, Doing a, it. thanks for doing it oh absolutely yeah. I told you a while ago I'd do it and I was like now's the time yeah you, you know how it is I'm it's usually
0: like, more pushy with people but I'm like it'll happen let it, let it <laughs> get around to it
3: yeah I'm, 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 I'm pumped that we're doing this during the winter time because yeah. this this to me 50-50 during the winter time is like yeah it's the New York the New
2: York spot the New York home it's great oh yeah. absolutely we're, I mean because it's, it's yeah. outdoors at Lolly. Which some days I don't know how people do it, but they're they're there. Um, For going farther, I brought along Brian Close. Hey guys, he was he was uh, episode. What did we figure out? You were seventy six. Seventy six, yeah. Yeah, and you're eighty nine. So I'm I, ha- I, happy to join. and An honor to be here, uh, rock and roll, well, dude. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've started to realize that. The people that I have co host with me now and then are people that have already had a podcast done with them. Not intentionally. I mean, it makes perfect sense though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you've always been a good friend anyway, so I'm oh, happy I to so. have you along. Oh, yeah. And he knows, obviously, you know, Brian, so he yep. knows, uh, knows more about all five boroughs than I will ever know in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Because I live in a town of twenty six hundred people.
0: It's better that way. Don't worry.
2: You're not missing anything.
0: Except for good pizza. <laughs> yeah, right, right.
2: That's what I'm talking about. So anyway, yeah, I wanted to get out to you since we first talked and I think when yeah. I was reading your message long ago, I was I believe I was on my way to I don't know what it was, but it was the weirdest thing. I came to the stoplight and I took a picture I sent it to you there was a 50-50 sticker <laughs> when I got off the exit in Brooklyn uh there's a 50-50 st- sticker right on the crosswalk pole yeah nice and it was like yeah this is meant to be yeah our uh our team
0: is pretty out there like spreading the the signs and the stickers yeah you know
2: it's pretty cool it is yeah so uh uh
0: guerrilla marketing I think you yeah. call that yeah yeah <laughs> that is what you call it around here right <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah
2: um Something I wanted to start with with you is it's not exactly what got you into riding or any of that but what you, uh, what made you want to open a skate park and then maybe backward from there I should say and then up to that, you know, opening the park and then we can expand after that onto all different things.
0: Uh, we didn't have a place to ride except for Malawi when we were kids. And so we lobbied the, first we built a bunch of illegal parks on like other people's land and city land, the parks department land. And finally in like, I don't know, 98, we built on parks department land and it was like a big uproar. And we were reaching out to like elected officials and the parks department and they would ignore us. And then we built on their property and the news was like, Look, these kids don't have a park, they built them themselves and now the city wants to rip it down. Uh So then the parks commissioner actually called me back and says, hey, first things first, Get your stuff off of our property, and after you do that let 's sit down and talk about how we could think about getting you guys a public park because you 're not going to stop
1: this yeah, yeah, right, right.
0: and uh, they knew we were like motivated at the time, so mm-hmm. uh, th- three years after that the or whatever it be, the Ben Soto skate park opened, and we had that park from um, what was it uh uh, 2004 mm-hmm. to 2010 and then um, the parks department the one commissioner that built the park yeah. he raised whatever $750,000 to build the park all new concrete all new prefab ramps and uh, you know the contractor to put it in it was all prevailing wage so they spent three quarters of a million dollars to build this park for us and it was uh, dedicated to a Marine that was a bike rider that passed away in Okinawa, Japan, while he was on tour. And it was really his dream. He said, uh, when I get back from the Marines, I'm either going to buy a house and build a bunch of ramps in it, or I'm going to build a skate park. Yeah. And I, it was really Ben Soto's dream to build the skate park. Okay. And when he passed away, we got them to build the skate park for him, yeah. in his memory. And then the new commissioner took over um, and she decided she didn't want a skate park anymore. And bulldozed the skate park.
3: crazy. Oh Meanwhile,
0: we were in the process of like fundraising, getting 100000 from here. We had private donations. And people were going to donate to the parks department to fix the existing skate park and add more stuff to it. And then this commissioner didn't tell anyone her plans and just sent their in-house staff to bulldoze it. So and wild. scrap all the metal mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Damn. But, you know, that's how politics is, is in the city. Mm-hmm. Is we were being really pushy and we didn't know how to navigate those waters and they didn't want that there anymore. Mm-hmm. So they bulldozed it and then we had like the, the council member at the time saying, I'm never gonna give the parks department another dollar again, this is not, because that council member, his name is uh, Jimmy Otto. He's the one that gave them most of that money, give my like to the old commissioner. Uh-huh. And this commissioner, that took over after the initial commissioner basically took his money and threw it in a dumpster. So he was like outraged. Oh. So they had a big fight internally. Years later, that park's commissioner got fired. Uh, she got sent up to the Bronx and then Brendan was dealing with her for a little bit. And oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But she didn't bother him for some strange reason and now she went out west and she's not around anymore. Huh. Um, so when that park got bulldozed, Um, Angelica My wife Was running that park So We initially Got her a job Like just working it And then she ended up Like taking over the park And then when they Bulldozed that park They switched her To like Faber And um, The pool And stuff like that So she was still working For parks department And it was kind of like Her idea Like hey Can't we just do our own Because like All these locals Are like Like really upset That they don't have A park anymore And you had Like that park Was really popular Had 75 kids a day there this is Staten Island yeah at, in Staten Island and in the area is like a poor like white area and it was pretty accessible like you take the train it's like pretty accessible to get to so we had people from all over the island and all over the city and it was cool because each uh, borough has its own park and then they go to the other park and they ride with each other so it was uh, it was a cool park and uh, so these kids are coming to us like where are we going to go where are we going to go because we got that park built yeah and Angelica had the idea Let's just do our own So then uh, Pete, our current landlord right. it, My stepfather When I was a kid Used to work for him mm-hmm. So I knew this guy Pete And yeah. I, I just We were looking out of the buildings And we found this one building and we're like This could work But the problem is No landlord in his right mind Wants to rent to a skate park Because obviously One, it doesn't make money And two You know The amount of lawsuits that we get sure. Is ridiculous And Sometimes the landlords actually get entrenched in those lawsuits, even though they have insurance and we have insurance and our insurance covers him, they'll still rope the landlord in. So, like, and it's, that's discouraging too, is because this guy's got to deal with some idiot who broke his ankle and wants to sue everybody, and it, it's, a, it's a big cesspool of garbage, you know, and it's, it's not right. But, you know, the American system is right. There's wrong, and then there's this area in between called the law, right. and you could sue whoever <laughs> sure. for whatever at any time, and you're probably going to make money.
3: So intense, yeah. just that that whole overview of the, of you of you guys, rogue, park building, straight into fundraising, working with the city, like yeah. that's intense. <laughs> to to and actually making it happen, and then and then when when the city, you know, whatever, did you did you dirty or not did you dirty, but yeah. Um, Than going off and doing your other your, your own thing, yeah, it's heavy. That's the that's the most heavy thing ever. I didn't know the back, that whole backstory. Yeah. It's so wild. And, and here's the
0: thing: where I tell kids to like, you need to pay attention to politics and like be involved and mm-hmm. be registered to vote because, you know, one of the things we did when the Park holder, uh when we were first lobbying to get a park mm-hmm. was we did a petition and we raised thirty five hundred signatures and we gave it to that that council member, James Otto, who then in turn gave us you know, almost a half a million dollars for the park mm-hmm. just because he's seen 3,500 signatures from like seven kids. He's like, Wow, you know, there's definitely a need, and we did it in like two weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I would tell kids who, or people, you know, you got to be involved in politics and you have to vote, and, and because that's the, the back door to getting what you want for your community done is through politics. What's funny What's funny is uh,
3: knowing knowing New York City and uh, a lot of people that are listening right now may not know how how weirdly uh, un, like unofficial things go. That there's there's I I feel like that the, the beginning with with just throwing the skate parks together. There's kind of an air of like squeaky wheel gets the grease. And and it, I, I think that if you had come to them and said, "Hey, we want to build a skate park with some kids," they would have been like, "Yeah, it you know, I, it doesn't matter, whatever." But the fact that you were out there doing it, and then and they and they, they knew damn well that you were not going to stop doing it unless it happened. They brought you in, and then you know, and then once you once you build up that that uh, establish, establish the the communication, then it just goes from there. That's yeah, that's intense. Yeah. Working with New York City is on, on another level. I admire you for that, dude. Like, i any of my, any of my small dealings with the city, it's it's stubborn. It's crazy. So to me, I'm always disheartened. It's really good to hear you say that. Yeah, whatever. Go go knock on the door. And make it happen. Yeah. I've
0: I've learned from like history and like where I follow like Frank Lloyd Wright and like his whole career. And he knew how to navigate the press to work in his favor. And I I completely blame that. It's like studying Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> realizing hey <laughs> the press is how you get to this and and that's why we got the park built is because uh, Tom one of our guys like reached out to all the press and he was a really good writer Tom Grunwald, and he hit all the press at the right time with the right story and that all the press coverage simultaneously is what had the park commissioner calling us back saying notice, hey how can I awesome. help you yeah yeah I'm and sure. I blame that like when we first opened the skate park in uh, 2012 I we got a ton of press when we first opened. New York Times article, Time Out, all this stuff, and uh, New York One, and you know all these local uh, news outlets. And I think when you do open a park, or if you're trying to lobby a park, try to get as much press coverage behind you because they're gonna alert, you know, thousands of people while you're just pushing to your inner circle. So like, if you're trying to get a public park built or whatever it be get the press on your side you know the more people listening
2: to it the more of a shot you'll have you know absolutely it's awesome yeah absolutely so it was called the Ben Soto Park, was the concrete yeah, Ben Soto Skate
0: Park. It wasn't a concrete; it was a prefab wood park. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, and then uh, they bulldozed park. that, and yeah. they hired California skate parks to like take garbage that they had left over uh-huh. and rearrange it in the park to make it look like a street style park. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's still there to this day, and and I'm happy about that because it's just another park yeah. for people to ride. But it's kind of sad that we wasted all that money and time. But I I try to look at it from a different perspective. Like everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and if, if that woman uh, didn't bulldoze that park, we wouldn't have this park here. Mm-hmm. And then I look at all the kids here that we help keep off the street, and we save them from you know going whatever ways. Right. And uh, you know if that didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. So there's always good and bad, and with death comes birth, and sure. that's just the way it is, you know. That pr- that
2: brings up a question already for me that I had way later on. Uh, so, you, it, it sounds like you mentor kids, and, and the reason I'm thinking about this is in the Malali interview, we talked a lot about mentoring because those guys even help them with their homework. You know, they do all <laughs> kinds of stuff. not saying you necessarily do that, but do you have, do you intentionally try to mentor kids here?
0: Or- yeah, it's a weird system we have here, is because when we first opened up, we were like all BMX oriented and like really want to grow the BMX community, and we did to a certain point but then as you see, the tide starts to change. Like when we first opened, it was 75% BMX and 25% skateboard and scooter. But a lot of the BMX kids aged out, and they started getting into cars, which is like the downfall of most BMXers, or drugs, or girlfriends, or you know, just getting regular jobs. Job, like yeah. one of the bike riders who first came here in 2012, Nick Vernoni, I just met outside, and he's going to law school. Really? I mean, like this kid's like doing it, and like uh-huh. that makes me really proud. Is that some of the kids all Meet and inter- interact with, and then later on they'll do good things. But then there's also kids I know that came to the skate park and then they're uh, getting felony charges because they're getting raided in houses where drug raids are. And then one of the kids who came here our last New Year's lock in got murdered outside of his house. Damn. So, like, I see, you know, yeah, the white kid from South Jersey. Really good going to law school, but I also see the black kid from the harbor who just got murdered outside his house. And that made me cry when, you know, one of the locals here is now dead. But it's, it's like, I can't stop. And like, I have to just try to help more kids and more people. And I think that's our, our what we're trying to do here. Not just for BMX, but for skateboarding or scootering or rollerblading, whatever the culture is. So as I got older, I realized, hey, let's help everybody. And who knows where fifty fifty will be 10 years from now. We might be whatever, you know, just to try to help
2: kids not mm-hmm. get in trouble. I have another question for you then. So it's called fifty fifty Skate Park. I'm thinking <laughs> half of it is on the social mentoring aspect, and the other half of the 50 is the place itself. But um, maybe it meant something else. That's I'm, what I was going to ask. I'm
0: not a creative person. Angelica actually came up with the name. And initially she came up with the name because it was – 50% mine, 50% hers. And there's a skateboard trick called the 50-50 grind. Sure. And back in the day, they used to call peg grinds 50-50 oh. grinds before we just started calling them peg grinds. But currently, right now, fifty-fifty skate park is a woman minority business. So I gave my percentage of... Uh, my one percent Angelica. So now the skate park honestly is Angelica's uh, Angelica's. Sure. So business. it's now
2: fifty one forty nine. Yes, yes, yes. And okay. I
0: honestly I swear to God you yeah. wouldn't believe this, but I've never taken a check from the skate park. I did the initial I- Totally believe it. I did the initial investment. I don't want to talk about how much it was, right? And I've never received that money back. Yeah. And still, we have to take money from our personal savings and other assets to pay the rent every yeah. month. You know, yeah. uh, so it's a little frustrating, but we want to keep this thing going.
3: Joe, Joe and I were sitting outside, hanging out with the the, the kids, riding right uh, before before you rolled up, and I was telling him that that you have to have a certain mindset, and uh, anywhere else in the country. People would have got a bunch of investors. They would have thrown together a park. They would have gotten paychecks through the whole construction of it, and they would have said, "This is how you start a business," and that is the normal way you start a business. It takes a New Yorker to, to do to basically subsidize it themselves, know that it's going to be stagnant for years, if not whatever, kind of, almost indefinitely. <laughs> yeah, and then and 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 be in it to win it, and and yeah. It's, it's a fragile state of affairs, and I don't know. I, I see that happening more often than not in New York, and this is a perfect example of it. Uh,
0: I love all the people that are like, oh,
3: open one in Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> I had this one client oh, yeah. of mine that I hung artwork for, like I'm hanging like pictures and stuff like that. And he has this rare collection. Like some of the stuff I was hanging was like sixty thousand dollars art pieces yeah. in his like loft in Manhattan. He's like, yeah, you should open one in Manhattan. I'm like, yeah, you find me the space you know? and yeah. yeah. you could pay for it. So, and I'll run it. You know, uh, just sell that one piece on your wall and <laughs> we're good. That maybe that would pay two months. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Oh, but, uh, Yeah, it, we're in this weird district here in Staten Island that's kind of like shitty Mm -hmm. but like across the street they just built 944 upper end apartments Yeah. so eventually this building will be gone and it will be a Whole Foods or you know whatever more apartment buildings so we're in this weird area where Hey, it hasn't gentrified yet but it's gonna I just wish when we opened we didn't open the skate park we just bought the building and then oh, opened the skate right, park because right. then we would be sitting on like a cash cow because literally this building probably was worth about a million a million and a half and now the landlord Man. wants five million and everyone's telling me He's gonna get five million for that eight thousand square feet, and this may sound crazy to people, but yeah, five million dollars for eight thousand square feet is like what shit goes for around here. You know? Totally going right. And this yeah. is—that's
2: just for his space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That eighty are, by hundred. between two other buildings. Yep, eighty by hundred. It's so crazy to yeah. me. Oh, to yeah. me, everything has to be separated by some shrubs or some grass, yeah. and that's your next building. It's this one here. It's like it's so crazy to hear that you're in between buildings, and that's your. That's your, you know, eight thousand square foot. Yeah. We tried to buy a lot, and we, were,
0: our business I looked at our financials and it was like, eight hundred thousand max. Guess how yeah. much it sold for? No. Four. Two point five
2: million. Damn. Three Damn. times more than yeah, what yeah. we thought
0: you know, was possible. Right. Damn. You know, and that's, that's how crazy.
2: it goes. I did want to ask you real quick. Uh, is this a nonprofit? Do you have? It's a not a nonprofit.
0: Stuff? It's a for co- profit, but we do have a nonprofit called Your Second Home. And uh, that we thought we were going to raise money and then donate like scholarships to like kids. Uh, And that is formed and started and has a little bit of money in the bank account. But we just got so much going on right now with the kids. We kind of just shelved the nonprofit for now. Uh, If we do move, we'll probably open the new park up in the nonprofit just because uh, it would be easier to fundraise. And like companies like Red Bull or... Uh, whoever will be more likely to donate to a nonprofit opposed to like a for-profit. We have gotten donations before, like Red Bull gave us a thousand bucks, and back in the day when we were doing an event, and uh, they gave us that bowl out there, which is a big chunk of money, uh, and they just gave it to us, so that was pretty cool. So, uh, but I think that's more on my relationship with Red Bull because I work with them for so long. But uh, still, I would—they have given the bowl to other entities before, like it was in Asbury Park for two, two, three years, it was in Mountain Creek for a couple of years, so okay. uh, you know, cool companies do stuff like that, one, to sell more drinks and to help out the community that they want to, yeah. you know, be involved in with, you know.
2: I got you. Rising, you. rising tide floats on boats. Yeah, right. Uh, I remembered, and you remember, what we were talking about before we started the interview, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll ask it, but Go that was... It. Uh, I thought you were, you had a construction business and you sort of do, but it's not nearly what I thought was going on with your yeah. with your full time gig. Yep. And this is really important, so I'd love to have people hear your story of how you got into and all that you explain what it was, what it is.
0: So my
2: whole life I've been surrounded around construction. My uncle
0: had a general contracting company. Yeah! You're good. And uh, wow, that was loud. (laughs) My uncle had a general contracting company, and my real dad, who I didn't meet again until I was 22, he's an electrician, and my stepfather was an operating engineer. So I've always been around construction. Uh, My mom has photos of me five years old driving a bobcat, you know? (laughs) And now I have a bobcat, so I do that with my daughters. They're on the thing driving the machine. So it's kind of cool how it keeps going, you know? Uh, But yeah, I've been surrounded around construction. We were kidding about Legos, but yes, Legos were my favorite toy (laughs) as a kid. Uh, But we didn't have... When I first started, when I was in junior high school, my stepfather passed away, and I was 15, and I was kind of lost at the time. And I was in between of like in the graffiti world, and like I had one foot on a BMX pedal and one foot on one hand on a spray paint can, and I kind of got in trouble with graffiti, so I kind of left that alone, and I got more heavy into the into the bike riding. And uh, we didn't have a place to ride, so we were just riding street, or like somebody would make trails, and we would go ride them. And then I was working with my uncle, learning carpentry, and getting a skill saw, and hammers, and tape meshes, so we started just building our own stuff. And that started happening when we are about 15, 16 years old. So, you know, we just, didn't know how to build ramps we just figured it out mm-hmm. and uh that's why we got the Ben Soto Park. because we were building ramps on other people's property and then right. um so in 2006-2005 I was working at Animal Bikes and I was building all their ramps and helping out the warehouse and okay. building photo psychs for Dilecki and mm-hmm. you know when they were really popping doing yeah. really big things at the time and uh Uh, Bob Skirbo got hit up by Red Bull and was like, hey, we want to do an event with you guys and we want to take over the Asbury Park Casino in Asbury and do like a, a BMX event. And Bob was like, sure, we'll do it, but you got to hire the guy who we use here. We don't want you flying someone in from California. And they were like, no, 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 we got to get a professional. And, this and this. They're like, no, this guy's professional. And Bob wanted a park that was going to be like construction site, urban, thrown together, kind of like. The way that Animal Warehouse was yeah, oh yeah. in the early 2000s, you know, it was like kind of pallets and stuff like that. So Red Bull took it into like a different direction. We had like a bus there, we took a roof of a building, and made all this crazy stuff. And what was really cool about that Red Bull event is, one, they were like. You got to have a company, you have to have an EIN number Mm -hmm. and I don't know if people know what that is and it's an employer identification number. Mm -hmm. So a corporation can't issue a check to someone like that. They need to issue it to a company and you have to have an EIN number. So I didn't have an EIN number so I met with the Red Bull rep, Dave Mm Rule, and he's like, yeah, you have a company, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a company. It's no problem. I mean, I had a backup plan. I could work out with someone who has a company. But anyway, that made me start my company. And uh you guys in your
3: hustle. <laughs> I've, literally, I've literally, I've literally done the same thing more than once. You can yeah. kill oh, me. Oh yeah. All the things. Yeah, yeah. Like no, that. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> registered with the IRS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm set, oh, man. So we <laughs> so figured.
0: Yeah. I went on legal zoom that night after I met with the guy. I knew we had the job, mm-hmm. and uh, we made a corporation. And mm-hmm. you know been working for red bull ever since what was cool about that red bull event is they flew all these guys in from all over the country to ride the event nice and guess who won the event Garrett burns no 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 they put <laughs> it was a team thing so they took the locals from the area yeah so like pat La, uh Lalligan, oh um, sorry uh from utah mm-hmm. but he's from used to be from philly big daddy Yeah. Uh, Augie Simoncini, Jared Washington, and I forget there was somebody else. Oh, uh, Dave from Belcher from Philly. They took the locals and they put them on like a scrap team, yeah, and yeah, those yeah. are the guys that actually beat out Corey really? Martinez. Nice. And yeah, all these Van really? home Yeah, they beat nice. all those guys. That's so I thought that was pretty cool. How you would put all your money on the big guys, yeah. but it was really the scrappers that, like, yeah. you know, who weren't even supposed to be in the event. Mm-hmm. But Bob was like, "No, no, I gotta make a team for my these guys, these guys," and then they ended up winning the event. I that was love pretty it. cool. Yeah, that is so awesome.
2: Yeah so well there's proof that judging is fair <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> not always but usually usually it's fair what, what age what age did you start
0: riding uh, I started about when I was 15 you were 15 full on Street. like freestyle you thing. said that was 2006 right uh, what uh, year did you say that was uh, I was born in 82 so yeah. uh, no I so that was that like. Or my,
3: not,
2: not when you started riding when the, when the um, oh when I started the company Park, Asbury Park thing happened yeah that, that was up,
0: 2007 yeah. Yeah, sweet. okay, right, it's
2: cool. not too long ago, you had mentioned Ryan Gorgon, which uh, there's like th- this this podcast since its inception has been has always been like the six degrees of Ryan Gorgon. No. <laughs> yeah, so, Ryan is the and man. Then you mentioned him out there, and I was like, yep. oh. So if you want to mention that, oh sure.
0: Uh, another connection of why I think Red Bull gave me the job is uh, Nate Wessel. So in my 0405, I was helping out at Moale a lot cuz we didn't re- you know we didn't have a park and we would just help each other out back and forth and i went up danny parks called me up he's like hey Nate Wessels coming in he left X Games to come help us build some shit do you want to come and, and help out i'm like sure so danny connected me to Nate and we were all building like we did a big rehaul rehab of Moali at the time cuz danny got a ton of money from Home Depot and then invested it into Moali okay so i worked with Nate I actually, it was like in the middle of August, I got heat stroke, I passed out, and it was like it was like the funnest time, you know, learning like the right way to build ramps, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nate like is the master, and uh, yeah, worked with him there, I saw the X Games course before it was out, he showed me like designs of it, he was like drawing in on the way to Home Depot, it was crazy. Which, and Which uh, uh, X Games? Yeah. Uh, I think he was designing the 06 X Games, if I'm, if I'm not... That was in scene. L.A. Okay. at the Home Depot oh, uh, Center or something oh, like that. I got yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, yeah, and he was. I'm like, this is what you send to ESPN. He's like, yeah, I sketch <laughs> this and I fax <laughs> it over them, and they and they give me a budget. Oh, like, super, like, nonchalant. You know? That's
3: amazing. Yeah. It is. It's, it's totally amazing. Man.
0: So I worked at Moale. You know, for free. I was an intern, just whatever, helping, moving, building. And then Nate actually invited me to, like, a Red Bull Red build-off in Jamie Spritzer's yard in, in Chicago. So, like, he flew me out there, and we all built this uh, setup. And Corrigan was one of the guys who I met on the, on the first job uh, with Nate. And uh, he built this sick-ass bowl corner that looked like the Wu-Tang W <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> at Jamie Spritzer's backyard. And, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. I worked X Games with him in '06, and yeah. last year we had a project in Texas, and we worked together as well in Austin. Yeah. So yeah, we stay in touch, me and Ryan. I mean, that, that's yeah. great. I
2: mean, he is such a cool guy. And- so
0: everybody you interview knows Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, or the six, you know, one of the six degrees of yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I could talk about their sculpt Dave, Dave King and yeah. Ryan Gergan. <laughs> you know it's in and, and actually i was fortunate enough to go to the x games this past year or in august i think it was a couple months back in rindle that uh it was kind of like a shark fin type of thing did you see it on tv i think so yeah so it was dave King with the dirt stuff and at you know coming out of the turn, which they usually don't have a turn usually they had hit, hit a quarter at the end of the run right yeah they it made was more a like Ryan a Belgrade. trails kind of thing but it stepped up onto this turn, and as you came out of it, uh, Ryan built this shark fin out of, out of wood that would jump you kind of down, and then you had the last two sets. So anyway, yeah, just miscellaneous Ryan Oregon uh, <laughs> memory. Yeah. Plus him working with Dave King away from that, you know, because Dave King does the ESPN stuff. But doing uh, the, the mountain that I've been having my fundraisers at, that Powder Ridge. Ryan came up and did a bunch of the features there yeah features yeah yeah totally. anyway that's way digressing so um, you mentioned lolly do you want me to keep going with the uh... well I,
3: I yeah th- this is all totally uh, amazing to hear I love I, know. These, I love these stories it's crazy. So I didn't expect this that the, the, the podcast with the with the old school New York heads are always the best dude. It's, it's such <laughs> You're such not good biased stuff. at all yeah. you know? <laughs> I, I love it I I moved, I moved here I moved here in 2007 and so I kind of caught the cusp of what mm. I feel was like a really great time. That yeah. I, I literally moved here right as the banks were closing. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, uh, the only the only thing that I wanted to to, to hear from you more on was uh, yeah, just just the lolly Banks like pre. Uh, so you you started riding in what like '98, I assume, right? Yep. Ish. And within by by 2006, you were you were working at Animal. Yeah. You were building parks. You were p- petitioning the city. And then on top of that, there's there's a heavy scene going on. How um, was riding in the early two thousands in New York?
0: Well, one thing is you mentioned the banks closing. Yeah. And right now it's December thirtieth. Uh, it's December of twenty nineteen, and the banks don't aren't open. Yeah. And it was two thousand seven, right? And uh, they told us the, the, the DOT it, yeah. told us it was going to be closed for a year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Still yeah. not open. The more you know. hear, it. yeah.
3: There was, there was people checking in. I heard rumors. It was like, they, they pushed it back a year. They pushed it back two years. Yeah. yeah. And now, whatever. I uh, think it's gone. A couple of kids, they clipped the fence. Have you been over there when they clipped the yeah, fence? We yeah, we actually,
0: we, uh, somebody brought some ramps there.
3: Oh,
2: yeah? <laughs> that say 50-50 skateboard. Yeah, I may have heard about it. Yeah. It's a friend of a friend guy from somewhere. Yes. Around. I did hear about that. Some
0: extra grind boxes went there and some launches went there.
2: And they and, may, if I understand <laughs> the same friend that you're talking about, it's, uh, they're still there. Yeah, I think right? so. I hope so. The la- I went, I don't know, was two, two years ago, I think? Yeah, I think it was two uh, years ago. I they went through, that was the last time I went. Brought there. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, the first time I went to the banks, actually, I met Worms and Ruel. Uh, Worms, R- Ruel Smith, and Tyrone. Williams at Malawi and they actually took me my first time to the banks. Nice. Yeah. And it was a pretty crazy thing like watching skaters and bikers jump over the wall at the small banks. Yep. It was was pretty crazy and watching videos of it in the past it looked like it was even crazier in the past.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, like but I did get to ride it before they ruined it and put all those benches in and those stupid planter things and stuff like that. So it was pretty awesome uh, growing up in that time frame. Mm-hmm. I would like to say it was the golden era for New York you know oh, yeah. when the banks was there and then they opened the Chinatown banks and the uh, mm-hmm. slanted wall and all that stuff so it was a good
2: time. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, did you want to ask about anyone in particular when it fits you can if that was a good time or not? Um, yeah. Not, okay. who I don't you know were involved in particular, with, if I think of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh I thought when I interviewed Malali, uh, the guys at Malali, I thought there was some kind of ramp trading going on or maybe you gave them some ramps or something. I thought they said that in the podcast. I'd have to. Yeah,
0: no. Uh
2: was there something going on there where you guys were helping each other out?
0: Yeah, so when we first, before we opened the skate park, uh the 5050, mm-hmm. uh the it's a it's a crazy circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh the old commissioner of parks, we were privately meeting with him to do an indoor skate park at the Cromwell Center next to the ferry.
1: Okay.
0: We were privately meeting with him and we actually got Red Bull to donate all the ramps from the Asbury Park event in 2007 oh, okay. to the parks department. Okay. So we picked them up from Asbury, brought them to parks department. We staged them inside of the Cromwell Center. So they sat there for two years and we were kind of like being pushy, like, hey, when are we going to open this? And I did an interview with... The stand in advance, and I released it. Mm-hmm. And the Adrian Benipe read it, and it wasn't supposed to be released because nothing was approved yet. So the commissioner was kind of mad at me because I released it to the public. Yeah, yeah. And uh, long-term short, long term short, long story short, he ended up resigning, like, uh, well, retiring. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, he retired and left. And then the chief called me up and was like, "Hey, I know you have all these ramps here. Can you take them out?" Mm-hmm. So we took them out. We set them up in my friend Alex's backyard. Alex Avila. And his father was like super cool and like, he had this massive like 60 by 150 deep backyard. So we took all those Red Bull ramps, brought them to Alex's house and we had them for two years. And then right about the time we signed the lease with this place and we were helping the landlord clean the space out. We had all these ramps in Alex's backyard and he was like, hey, I need to get these out of here. Yeah. So we took them, Ralph Sinisi paid the tow truck driver to tow them all up to Malali and we revamped Malali again right before we opened the skate park. Okay. Uh, and then another time we were doing the Afropunk Music Festival and the guy Matthew is a crazy guy, he's a nice guy but he's crazy, he gave away all the ramps, so we took some of them here to 50-50, they're actually those big heavy metal grind boxes, and the rest of the stuff, we couldn't fit all the stuff that Afropunk had, we trucked it up to Malawi, Lucas and me drove it up there in trucks and trailers and dropped it off and gave it to Rob and Brendan and and Lily and you know, they unloaded them and reused them wherever they reused them. Gotcha. So, whenever there's uh, extra ramps or whatever it be, we always try to work it out where, cool. you yeah. know, we yeah. support each other, you know.
1: Uh, it's so
0: far away, out. it's not, like, competition, Right. you know, yeah. and uh, it's just we, we're trying to build each one of our scenes, so it's kind of, like, works out, you know.
2: I, I think that's awesome. I mean, yeah. how often do you see that? Definitely. Yeah. You know, it, especially among, you know, boroughs like this where you've got... Everyone's a different direction.
0: one of the things I wanted to talk to you about sure. is like how if BMxers are listening to this, mm-hmm. they need to support more BMX companies or rider owned companies, and like you really have to support your sport, and like Malawi does that mm-hmm. because that 's why they 're still there thirty years later, right. you know and they 're doing their own thing and I, and I hope to say that when we turn 30 years old if we get to make it that far, fingers crossed but like the the BMXers have to support the culture like buy a malawi t-shirt or buy a fifty fifty skate park t-shirt, you know stop wasting your money with Nike or uh, these massive corporations yeah they're doing good and they're sponsoring some riders but like your dollar will go further if you buy it from your small bike shop, you know, opposed to, like, a Hollister show or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the only advice I would say is support your sport. And, like, I learned that from, like, Bob Pratt and Steve Crandall, you know, mm-hmm. like, those guys kind of told me, like, hey, this is where you should spend your money. You know, go to staff. Not that these not that people are going to know what staff is, but, like, right. staff was like a, like a, a rider on mail order in, mm-hmm. in, at uh, Incline. Nissan. Oh, that,
2: that would explain uh, Vinny Menino was on staff at, at one time. Yeah. I don't remember when, but anyway, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, well, Bob and Steve are like, you know, support your sport, you know. Mm-hmm. Buy a t-shirt, you know, and it goes far, you know, helping the community. For,
3: for as long as I've known you and everything that I've read or understood about you, you, from day one, even pre-skate park, have been about rider-owned uh, rider companies um, keeping, it's one of the things that I mentioned in, in, in the interview that you and I did was just keeping the money low, keeping the money within your community and not having it siphoned out of the community, that, that major kind of corporate siphoning outside of out that just ends up ultimately going out of the sport, they, they do end up chipping in a couple of bucks to paychecks to a handful of riders or whatever, but ultimately um, yeah, spending money with your local skate park is, and, and bike shop is the, the, the best thing you can do for yourself, like for everybody, you know? It's yeah. not even
0: just the bike jumps too. It might be your friend starting a band yeah. or oh, yeah. like, you know, and the drummer play, is a rider or, you know, somebody's starting a t-shirt company. Yeah, the t-shirt's not the coolest shirt, but like buy that. I respect that more that you're wearing like a
3: hand screen printed shirt yeah. than some crap from Hollister, totally. you know, like uh, when it comes to shows, uh, you hit up your friends for shows and they're, they're like, they're like, yeah, know, it's a $10 cover and people are like, oh, I'm out. Ten dollar cover, which I, I get it. It chips away. You 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 hit up a, a show, you hit up you know a skate park session, you hit up this, you hit up that. Next thing you know, you're down a hundred bucks. But ultimately, we we blow that on we blow that on useless stuff outside of that. Yeah. It it's not it's not blowing it when you're paying for a show. It's not blowing it when you're going to the skate park. There's nothing no better memories than going to a skate park or going to a show. You'll remember those for the rest of your life, and it's you know ten bucks, some yeah. fifteen bucks. It's not the end of the world. It's yeah. That's that's where you put your put your. What's crazy too is if you look on the back end of things,
0: and like say you do ten dollars and you go to a show or a skate park or whatever it be, the connection that you make with that some that one person might get you that job in the future.
3: Yeah, totally. You know,
0: and you talk about mentoring before, and Mm -hmm. our company, uh, New York Design and Construction, we do a lot of uh, sports marketing and music festival stuff. How I pick a lot of the talent is like kids that go to the skate park that I see like, hey, can I help you build one day or one weekend and when we do the changeover, you know, every three, four months or six months, we'll do a changeover. Like the kids who come help and show like, hey, I'll come work for free at the skate park so I can build new ramps, that's the kid who we hire you know and like Cameron Robbins or Jose you know those kids will pull from the skate park and will end up getting them jobs later on or connecting them like mm-hmm. to different jobs later on is from volunteering here mm-hmm. you know
2: that's so cool which yeah it which all, never would have happened unless you made that.
0: yeah that, that effort to yeah. come work for free or whatever and help right. out
3: you know right when you when you it all boils down to the community element and with community and accountability to your to your friends it's not just um, faceless interviewees. It's like it's so much more substantial. You can build something epic and have it branch out into, you know, bigger things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's solid. I like hearing that.
2: It's amazing. This is where you're gonna have to help me out a little bit with uh, as far as people go, Uh but uh, did you have anyone that influenced you from the New York scene? All boroughs included i was Early. i always
3: pe- i always pegged you as like that i feel like there's kind of a, I, I'm, I may be wrong on this, but I feel like there's kind of a, a division with new york new York and New jersey scenes you know yeah, what i mean definitely. And i was pegged you, pegged you as on the jersey side of it is that is that miss um
0: <laughs> my mentor when I first got into bike riding was hollywood Like from see in a couple yeah. Of weeks yeah, yeah. awesome and he took me to Ohio like million times mm-hmm. and he's always been really good to me and uh, he let me steal a lot of his tricks. <laughs> so I would say Hollywood was like my initial mentor but on the other on the Jersey side it was definitely Jeff C or Dalecki or Scurbo Cool. Where you know like when I went to the first animal video premiere like I knew that they were onto something yeah, really yeah. big. And uh seeing that culture was pretty sick. Nice. You know? And then Tyrone uh, Williams, Roan, and Worms, Ruel Smith. And, like, he was younger, but, but Edwin De La Rosa, you know, watching that whole scene was pretty cool and being in, in that. And if I think about, you know, Rob Ramos and Danny Parks and Louis.
2: I and Louis mean, was the one I couldn't remember before. Yeah. But, sorry, go ahead.
0: Lou Perez. And yeah. those guys were really cool, you know. So, yeah, I mean every borough had its own influence, you know. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm.
3: And you and you fluctuated through. The, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I I That's went fantastic. around. Like I would I take the L. I yeah. r to Hicksville to go ride Hicksville and hang out with Vic Ayala and, and Hollywood and then mm-hmm. more than likely I was in the Bronx. Cool. You know, taking the the train up there nice. and to Yankee Stadium. And uh, it was kind of surreal because like, I'm this white kid from the south shore of Staten Island or the north shore of Staten Island and then I would take the train to the south Bronx to go ride my bicycle. And I would only go if I knew Worms or Tyrone were going to be there because you don't want to go, at that time, you didn't want to go up there by yourself because there were kids that would go up there in packs and they would get oh, yeah. not robbed in Malawi but like near the train station or down the block or they would go to the store and leave their bike outside. So at that time it was one of the worst areas in new york but now you know it's gentrifying and changing so quickly it's,
2: yeah. it's not even bad totally right right yeah i don't think it's that i mean for me i being there was not a big deal at all yeah and, and Mont Haven's like the hottest area in, in new york to buy
0: real estate really and it's not that far from there yeah wow wow i'm sorry i cut you off no
2: no no i was i don't even remember what i was going to say but uh, but anyway yeah uh, I think I was just talking about them just being really super. I, and I've heard stories, you know, that were brought up in that podcast about how they, they would make sure people got out of there on time before dark and yeah, got yeah. back on you yeah. know on your way home. Yeah. So, uh, but now it seems totally different. I felt completely safe there. Yeah. In fact, over the years, I don't, I don't think I ever felt too unsafe there. I um, think the local kids
0: know not to mess around in that park. Mm-hmm. because <clears throat> there is a connection <laughs> yeah. to, like, the, the the people who go to the park and, like, the really bad people. They know, you know, those guys are not to mess with,
1: right. you
0: know? And plus, bike riders, they're pretty strong kids,
2: you know? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. You probably don't want to pick a fight with, like, you know, some gnarly bike yeah, yeah. rider, you know? But
2: When you say Tyrone, are you talking about uh, BMX Kings Tyrone? or No, no, Tyrone,
0: Tyrone is what's weird is Tyrone's older than me Mm -hmm. but I don't remember him from the scene Tyrone Williams is the bike rider from Animal and he owns his own bike shop called The Shop on Division Street Yeah, in Manhattan.
2: So he's done the New York Grands a bunch of times. Yep 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 yep. That's the guy. And
0: he like has been holding down a bike shop BMX oriented but does everything Uh in Chinatown in Manhattan well over ten years. So cool. So like yeah He's, uh, he's a pretty legendary person. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, definitely.
2: Wow. And he's fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy fast. I
0: think Tyrone was born to ride a bike. Yeah. Like, he's one of those people. Oh, like, yeah. he's still
2: killing it to this day. Mm-hmm. He'll ride any bike.
0: It's not right. just a BMX bike.
2: Right. You know. So, do a lot of these guys come through, the ones that are riding still, or maybe not riding? Do they still, uh, do they come through here and... and hang out maybe bring kids maybe kind of push them this direction
0: uh, I think like a lot of the local shops will say hey there's a park and they'll mm-hmm. tell the kids that we're here Right. but uh, a lot of the old guy, older guys that have their own businesses or like are having families we don't see too often they'll just randomly pop up on one Saturday or whatever it be we did have a, a thing called Old Man Night which before we had three kids, we were like heavy doing it every single, you know, every every Thursday or every Wednesday depending on when we did it. But now it's not so much a need for it anymore, so... Um, but might come back in the future if enough people ask I was talking
3: to Joe about Old Man Night on the way over here <laughs> because again just being in a freezing warehouse in yeah. Staten Island in Well, we're Sacramento. not freezing
0: anymore we I, have to no it's totally <laughs> warm right <laughs> yeah, yeah. now it's totally warm in this area here yeah, maybe yeah, right. our, our
3: interview spot's cold but <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest with you man the, it's, like, it's like nostalgic for me to
2: for it to be cold, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> and that's why I was saying you were nice enough to say, "Hey, I'll meet you," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 I want to go, there. I yeah, go yeah, there." you know, because it's so it's so much cooler to to obviously do interviews in person, which I've always claimed that since day one. It's the only way to do an interview. I, yeah. I believe, uh, especially if you're going to do like a long-form interview, like these are. Um, because you really get to know someone but as far as the park goes like i had heard the same thing that it was cold and then you come here and not only is it cool checking everything out but it's pretty warm in there yeah oh yeah if you're we really you're
0: have we try to shoot for a diy vibe mm-hmm. you know and that's it you know if we don't want the clean corporate you know this is what it is and don't like it don't come And if you do like that then come you know
2: it, it hooked me immediately, man. It's <laughs> so good. I think you told me about it when you first came. Yeah, I was like, so right excited. Away. I was so excited to show you this park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot I was going to say. So go for it. With uh, do you have other people though? Because we were talking about a couple different people. Uh, you,
3: it, I don't know Pretty much we covered did. all, we did? The, all okay. the dudes. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Edwin, Ralph, Ralph Sinisi, and yeah, man. A little bit of history
2: here and there. Go for it. I I don't think... I wouldn't have known about Ralph being... Well, you working there, of course, and then... uh, Well, Shane
0: Rossi got me a job working there. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like... One of my best friends is Shane Rossi, and he was like their head sales. So, he started when they... They first started... Animal started in a garage, and then it got a warehouse in Clifton, and then they hired Shane, and then the other two people quit... And then also came a bar and then they exploded when, you know, Ralph and Shane started really gearing the ship Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so I came in to help build ramps and I even made some sales phone calls when I was a kid, you know, trying to help, you know, the company. But uh, yeah, Ralph has always been the guy who will always answer everybody's phone call. And talk to everybody for too long when he should really be focusing on <laughs> right. work more right. and, but he really cares about the scene and I know he's been through some ups and downs but mm-hmm. you know Animal is what it is
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, he also has Grove Street now uh, so he's got a bike shop in Jersey City that's okay. doing really really good and uh, you know
2: that's gotta help something the yeah bird. yeah Yeah.
0: definitely
2: I would think huh. uh, so did he he was in Staten Island first before he was animal on Staten Island? No, no, Staten Island? no, no, no. They've always been in New Jersey. Always Jersey. Never okay. been on Staten Island. No, I got no, you. no. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah,
0: they were farm. they were started in Clifton.
2: Oh okay. Yeah, that's where Ralph's from, I think. Got it. Which is northern Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, I did want to tell you that uh, I talked to John Lee maybe a week ago, something like that. We're just uh exchanging some holiday wishes to each other and I told him I was coming down to interview you and he uh, <laughs> he was so excited. Oh that's awesome. He he absolutely loved you. Yeah.
0: So. He brokered the deal. I scene you posted the frame that we did the collabo with FBM and he brokered that and made that all happen. I so we made that. Yeah, yeah cool. we okay. made a bunch of custom like FBM 5050 frames with FBM. Yeah. And John worked out all the kinks with us like no you can't do this and you should do this and yeah. that and uh yeah, John's a legend too, man. With the BMX community. Yeah,
2: absolutely uh, do you want to grab those Instagram questions that I that uh, I think you have on the comments questions there's a couple in there yeah uh, I don't I don't have them off oh you don't oh, have your phone yeah oh, I mean, just, yeah okay. I'll pull it up gotcha you want to pull it up we're good so yeah. you are doing that I did ask you about UND, right? Or was that outside that it was... It yeah, was, I think that was outside. Uh, so are you... Uh, UND is is probably a more original group, yep. but from UND never, never dies. So yep. are you... Uh, it, it's kind of funny to ask it this way, but are you part of that, that crew, would you say, the UND? I would say I would be the Grom
0: in that group. Okay. <laughs> yes, got it. But... Uh, I was never initiated. I wasn't jumped in.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Right, right. Gotcha. Yep.
0: Yeah. they will include you, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure Louie would kick my ass one day. <laughs> <laughs> Jump nice. me in.
3: Go for it if you got yeah, it. Yeah, in, uh, Instagram it. questions. Uh, Brennan Vale wants to know if you got a 17, 17 millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every kid, they
0: want a 17 and a, and a, a pump yeah and we got a, we have a compressor in the back room and yeah we win seventeens out all the time and most of the time I'm gonna be honest we don't get them back so bring back those seventeens <laughs> come on guys yeah
3: Our seventeen what's cool
0: is people donate like here's a box full of sockets and like that's like money to us so yeah, no doubt. Take it. yeah yeah
3: totally dude that's awesome
0: yeah what Brendan is doing for that scene is amazing because he could like He's a super talented graphic designer and like really good producer and like can get shit done and that he donates his time and takes, he does work at parks but like that he takes a pay cut to work there Mm -hmm. and has dedicated his life to help that community in the South Bronx is truly commendable. You know, like he literally could be somewhere else making multiple six figure a year and he dedicated his life to the sport and like to helping that community is pretty cool you
1: know
2: definitely so I agree Brendan's always been awesome anytime he's asked me to basically do anything help out with those award plates I used to make any of it I'm always yeah Brendan I'll do my best whatever I can do um I should say Brendan, not Brandon.
0: Now, he's also a transplant, too. He's not from New York. Oh, no. Where, where
2: is he from? No. You know? Uh,
0: I know he rode a lot in like northern New York with, uh, what's his name? But I think what's he's seen? from, I think he's from like Oregon or Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Word. Yeah. I feel like he's told me before. I, yeah, yeah. I can't recall. Yeah, yeah
3: totally. Likewise. Um, I, I, I I, I, to, to go off track a little bit and talk about people's other mm-hmm. skill sets or whatever. I, I was admiring your coasters and keychains and every 50-50 <laughs> branded everything until so we were talking about the stickers the slaps and stuff um, and the screen printing too yeah uh, yeah well you a screen printing yeah too, I, so. I gotta bring it up yeah. of course man got the BMXer screen print crew soup soup me whatever yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you been screen printing for
0: well we're not screen printing anymore yeah wait we kind of took a different run we're doing vinyl oh cool nice now uh, oh. it's a it's, a, it's not as nice with the vinyl because yeah. it cracks a lot easier but if you look at markets right we're not selling to the Macy's kids yeah you know where our market is more like the old navy kids who yeah. want you know who can't afford a lot and you know if they're gonna buy a t-shirt they want a deal so we go for like two t-shirts for $25 or something like that sure. or you know so that's the market, and doing multiple screen printing is just multiple color screen printing or whatever it be is, is super costly. And then you got to do runs of like twenty-four, forty-eight, or it's not worth putting ink on the screen. Yep. So now we bought a uh, vinyl cutter, and Angelica just heat transfers everything. So nice. I'll cut it out, and de-weed it, and then she'll it'll be on deck, and then she'll just uh, heat transfer it. And I actually learned that from uh, the. The three block guys. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah, like they gave me a lesson about that. Sweet. And uh, what was cool about the, the block is they actually got them screen printed and then they they actually heat transfer them yeah. on. There's another system. But our thing is, uh, you know, multiple designs and we make as we as we need it. Because you never know. One day you need a bunch of smalls, next thing you need a bunch of mediums. If you already pre-printed them, you're yep. like screwed. It's holding, set with that holding design. hundreds
3: of dollars worth of stock. Yeah, yeah. sitting there. Definitely, man. Screen printing, the, the labor of it and also yeah, the, the back stock of it is a nightmare. It's pretty intense. That's good to hear. you make making things efficient.
0: But, uh, yeah, my friend Mike Tarazzi, uh, he doesn't answer my phone anymore, but uh, he's the one that actually taught me how to screen print. We like, kind of learned together. Went to Pearl Paint when we were like, kids and bought some Probably. like set and like figured out how to put the emotion on the screen and, and burn a screen. And then we were, you know, I was helping him make t-shirts nice. as a kid. And he had his own clothing brand at the time, level 10. And then... You know, eventually he got a job for MTA and then he stopped doing his art stuff and like nice. just drives trains now. Nice. But uh, that's where I learned it. And then when we had Adrian, our first daughter, who's now five, so I guess it was like four years ago, we took her to Disney World and we seen Disney, like if you go there, they have everything. Like there's Disney chocolate and there's Disney right. coasters and there's Disney keychains. So we're like, hey, this is like little crap that we could make and like sell and it would be like cool like, who the hell's making like a, a 50-50 keychain or a wallet yeah, you know right. like so we kind of made all this stuff and uh, our construction company we have a CNC machine and Lucas made me buy a, a laser engraver so now he's in charge of making all the you know laser engraved stuff which would be the coasters yeah. and uh, oh, the nice. refrigerator magnets and stuff like that so it's another creative way you could get with Cool little things, sure, and then still remind your customer base of you because you know the refrigerator matic magnet is on their fridge. Maybe it'd be another thing. Oh, I should go back to the skate park because you're it, constantly reminding them. It's totally
3: a, good, of a great reminder, yeah, yeah. so good. I, uh, I had a 50 50 tumbler my, my, <laughs> daughter, my daughter broke it this year. I need a lot of it, was so bad. Limited run,
0: yeah. I mean, FBM showed us that like glasses, nice. Work. Yeah. And then we started doing glasses and coffee mugs, you oh, right. know, completely right. ripping off Steve, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. 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 It's and Moali has one too. Ah, yeah, really? I,
3: I, have really yeah. Nice. I have a Moali cup. Yeah, I have a Moali coffee cup. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, uh, what was it? One of the times I was here, you were, I think it was just after you'd screen printed, you were just screen printing like wood panels, all Yes. all like wood yes. panel collage craziness.
0: Um, That's another person uh, I got that from is uh, when we redo the skate park we'll have all this extra plywood. So we rip it down to 8.5 by 11 pieces of wood. It's mostly half inch plywood or quarter Mm -hmm. inch uh, birch or maybe it's masonite or whatever and we'll screen print on it or we'll have the kids screen print it or just spray paint stencil Ew. on it and then we leave them outside and they're like little signs or plaques mm-hmm. and the kids take them home so it's another reminder nice. and it's it, I we must have made probably like 20,000 of these things yeah you know there's and the kids take them home every time they come it's pretty crazy you listen know?
3: to it's,
2: this apart awesome. ramps with the well, it... it's diverting
0: well, the wood realistically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. don't like filling a landfill up with garbage, exactly.
2: Yeah, so, yeah that's what you're explaining. Being and then so you
0: make art, it,
3: kids make art out of it, and they take it home. This is like the best yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's so genius. We're dude, actually,
0: so here's a pile of for yeah.
2: <laughs> we're, we're interviewing on a stack I wanted, of eight and a half by 11. Yeah, I, I keep looking at that one over by the door, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like. I gotta, I gotta donate and, and grab one of those or whatever you know yeah, I'd you love to have em. my hands on one of those <laughs> you'll never get me to take anything what, what's, without me donating or something
0: what's crazy is like if I look in all my cups and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's like that Malawi cup is like the most cherished yeah. thing yeah. that I have yeah. like in all my dishes you could take everything and throw it in the fucking garbage Dude, that was my 50-50 but, that's, exactly yeah, like yeah. literally <laughs> that's what you want it's like those little things the yep. most yeah.
2: things you know oh that's so good that brings up a, a, a question. Um, I was going on the website, and Brian and I were talking about this on the way here. I'm like, oh, man, I can't really see anything on the website that would give you maybe a spot to donate or whatever. And then we were talking about we like, who the hell reads websites anymore? Yeah, yeah. Like, Everything's so, Instagram. So how do you yeah. – do you market through Instagram, or how do, you, how do you market to people that may not come to the park, or do you just market to people that are at the park, market to people that are at the
0: park? Um, we did have a web store. Mm-hmm. And we would get an order in every month. Mm-hmm. But to run the web store uh, yeah. costs X amount of dollars. And it doesn't cover I know where what the orders course. that are going out. And then we got caught up in the scam where they ordered multiple scooter stuff to an address in Delaware. Uh, so Angelica puts this order together where it's like $600. And we're like hyped. Like, damn, man, this is the biggest order we ever got. This is so great. We send it out to Delaware. And then the card gets bounced back and they stole all of our money and then we lost all that product.
3: Yeah.
0: So like that's when she's like I'm not doing this anymore. So if people do want to support us if they go to eBay you could search 5050 skate park and we have pins t-shirts we got a couple bikes up there and like we'll sell our own stuff there. It's perfect. And it's more like eBay kind of protects the the seller Mm -hmm. opposed to like direct to consumer yep. you get a fake credit card you're screwed oh yeah and like man. how bike shops like powers does online and i don't know how they do it and what i've been reading with the trends is like 20 percent of the crap gets returned anyway uh, so it's like super yeah.
2: damaging to a small business a lot that of work and yeah totally man plus you're running cards so that costs every yeah. time you're on it except yep. the card three percent
1: yeah
2: off record tell, i'll tell you how much money i lost on one of those scams through the through my work, was, I can believe it. Oh, I was I was, poof! Talk about feeling bad, especially since I'm playing with someone else's money. Have you ever
0: lost money doing sales like that?
2: Yes, but
3: with t-shirts, my t-shirts are twenty-five bucks a pop, and I've yeah. had chargebacks maybe. Five or six. But it would it's not. It yeah. wasn't yeah. It wasn't a big yeah because 'cause you're order. manufacturing
0: your own stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile like we manufacture it's, our own it stuff. Was as well it's
3: hardening is all get out of you, yeah. That twenty five dollars sometimes yeah. between eating that morning and not, you know? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, not to that level. That's, yeah, that's, for, that's, that's that's sad.
0: For us, we bought somebody else's product yep. to sell to resell it, so we lost on every end. Yeah, 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 totally. Right. Yeah.
3: To so many levels. That and the uh, the lawsuit stuff is so yeah, so disheartening. I mean, yeah, the lawsuits yeah. with the with running a skate park.
0: It's crazy. Uh, this kid got ninety thousand dollars for breaking his ankle. Damn. And this other person's oh getting six hundred and fifty thousand. You know, Whoa. like it's it's sick. Wow. you know. Yeah. Which
2: does that start to jack up? Oh rates? yeah, without a doubt. Everything Liability goes up. Goes yeah? up real. Quick.
0: Well, here's the thing. Try to find the company right now mm-hmm. to insure a skate park. Yeah. Good right. luck. Totally. Okay? You know, I, I I blame the connections that Angelica and I have. It's why we're still here, you know, it's because we have the right connections with the right people. But, mm-hmm. like, without those connections, I don't I don't see you getting an insurance policy yeah. in New York. You know, it's going to be crazy.
3: You yeah. know? Uh, all, this, all this talk about how hard it is to run a skate park, I did really just
2: went straight to rents. I'm like, rents are expensive. But dude, there's so many levels to this. It's crazy. It's so yeah. yeah. But at least you can kind of make part of the space, part of your, your, your real job, we will yep. say. So at least you can use a piece of it in any way. Have you ever thought about busting down the walls and heading to the skate park and giving this up? Uh, this, this we year? actually
0: had a mini ramp in here. Yeah. Well, this yeah, yeah. That well, we was took a... the mini out because the kids made it an illegal boxing ring. Oh my god. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's and funny. they were like having like they bought gloves yeah. and snuck them into the skate park <laughs> and <laughs> we didn't have cameras in the park yet. Right. I was fighting Angelica about that I didn't want the kids to feel like they were being watched right. but after the first lawsuit we are like alright we're putting cameras in the park right. and we didn't have a camera in here and then one kid came out and he was all busted up <laughs> and oh they were doing gosh. like boxing matches inside because this room is locked in so imagine a quarter they there and kids yeah. lined up yeah 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 Angelica was like I don't know I'm in the front desk and I see all all the kids are riding the mini so I didn't know what was right. going on
3: and uh, yeah they were beating each other up in here to, to, describe, to describe this to you guys Guys, there's a small room that fill. It was filled with a mini. There was no barrier around it. It was literally you walk into the door wall. and the, yeah, wall to wall yeah. mini room. Oh and gosh. and then you close the door and there's not and there's nothing. Yeah, it's just free for all. That's
2: intense. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh my wow. gosh, there's some crazy stuff you go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. The, another discouraging thing is the break-ins that we had. So we. Five years ago, Angelica had Adrian and she's home. We just bought a ton of bikes for Christmas season because we sell complete bikes. And uh, some kid broke in and robbed all the BMX stuff and took all the bikes and then took all the locals' bikes and it was a bike rider
3: Damn.
0: with another bike rider that, like, that knew the ins and outs of the park yep. and, like, robbed all of our shit, you know? And then we... we spend another couple of grand we get more stuff in and a fucking month later to the day the same kid comes back breaks in again through a different way and then robs all the shit again. Damn. So like and then took another local's bike. Yeah. Luckily like you know the guys got bikes and like everything worked out. King helped us out. Robbie helped out. Nick and stuff like that. And like it worked out but you know we lost thousands of dollars each yeah. time. You know.
3: Wow. Such an early costume. Kind of yeah,
0: audience. I mean, like you got to be a real shithead to like, yep. rob from the local skate park. And like I understand, you need a bike. You take one bike, but you like took everybody's bike because people used to just leave their bikes here. Right. Mm-hmm. No more. We don't. We don't want that anymore. You know, yeah. we don't want to be responsible or feel responsible because you're lazy and don't want to bring your bike home. You know, and,
2: and that's a direct loss, right? Unless you unless you use uh, insurance. If if you insure the, the, the contents of the park. The first time we didn't use insurance, but the second time
0: we did, yeah. because we're like, we can't do this. Same thing happened, like, uh, when we first opened, we, we had a killer month the first time we, the first year we opened, but then Hurricane Sandy happened, wow, and then that flooded the park, so we had to redo the whole park, and that was like 25000 redoing all the bottom layers of the plywood, and, yeah. and new display cases, and all the product that we lost, so that was kind of disheartening, too, and we were so new, I didn't want to put a claim in with the insurance company, because I knew they would... They would drop us.
3: it's kind of disarming. Yeah, just (laughs) take the hit, keep going. That's that's heavy, man.
0: And then we had, I had like an American Express for my credit card, right? Mm -hmm. And like ran up the bill twenty-five thousand. And then like we still need to buy more stuff. Like we're like still buying more stuff, and they cut my credit card off. I'm like, listen, we just had this like superstorm. I don't know if you heard of it. Yeah, Hurricane Sandy. like People are dead, and like we what was crazy is all some of the kids lost their houses Uh and they would come to the skate park and like help us clean up and like get internet and like charge their phone and like charge their computers and like Mm -hmm. we were like a little hub after Sandy because we got our power turned instantly back on Mm because we're like in a business area and it was like and here we go this credit card company is cutting us off right when we need them the most Mr. Business Credit Card now I don't you know use them anymore but uh you know, that wow. was pretty rough.
2: <laughs> You've endured some stuff. I was yeah, just yeah. gonna say this, this whole, this this whole, this, yeah. the, all the stories are just
3: the craziest highs and the craziest lows, one after another, right back to back. Right. I don't know.
2: And it's the yeah from support to yeah being right. kicked in the nuts. Right. You said 2012. So yeah. for this place, so that's oh. wow. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Seven years, almost eight of uh, yeah. Uh, it's
0: gonna be eight years July seventh.
2: Yeah. There you go. Congratulations. We don't so just call it cool. ten years. If we want to. And we'll just do it. Do a big. Do a big jam here. Just call it ten. Oh, I wanted to ask you about
3: uh, events you've held here. Um, any any stuck out in your mind that are that were that were yeah.
0: Uh, we were doing the animal events here every year, which was really cool. Uh, we do an animal jam every year animals kind of slowed up, and we've kind of slowed up as well So we haven't been doing that too much, but the animal jams are always epic Brendan held a big event where we, people gave him a bunch of stuff, and that was a pretty cool Event the King of New York's that we had here are pretty cool You uh, had them also yeah, we had two King of New York's here at the skate park okay. uh, Danny's kind of shelved King of New York uh, for right now, but he's strategizing on how he could get more money to do it again uh, at Mulally again. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? Uh, the, one of the coolest things I think we did recently was the, the loop. What's the loop? Oh, uh, that was outside of here. Yeah, we, so we, we took over Scotty Front Street. Go ahead. I'm
2: no, sorry. no, again? No, no, I, I don't know it as well as you. I wasn't here. <laughs> you tell it. You so tell it. it
0: was right after Scotty's injury in Vegas uh, with the tail end. And he was in the hospital, so... Uh, hospital costs were probably crazy whatever it be. So we did we always do a Halloween jam and it's like a big fundraiser for the park and the park makes a lot of money. But we were we were doing okay, so we we're like let's do a fundraiser and give the money to Scotty's thing. So we advertised a Scotty Kramer fundraiser and we built a full pipe prefab in the skate park. And then the morning we took over the, the block front street. We blocked it off and we set the full pipe in front. Nice. And here you go like the cops are driving by, beeping, waving. <laughs> the Department of Buildings who like literally should have came and said, this is not up to code. Yeah. Shut this down. They yeah. like looked and smiled at us <laughs> and I don't know if they didn't want the paperwork or yeah. they knew that we were doing it for a good cause or whatever it be, but we built a full pipe in the middle of a mm-hmm. New York City street <laughs> with no permits, no nothing really? and then had our event and then ripped it down
2: uh-huh. and no one
0: knew anything about of it. And, uh, yeah, we raised a bunch of money, and we gave it to uh, the Road to Recovery thing for Scotty Kramer. Oh, you did? Oh, awesome. That was pretty it's cool, awesome. yeah.
2: Yeah, that is wild. I forgot all about that. I'm so glad you asked about events, because yeah. that one, and anyone can find that on Scotty Kramer's YouTube channel. Yeah, it's it was, got
0: over a million views on that thing, so i was pretty proud I'm, of that one. I'm not right. surprised. Yeah, yeah, um,
2: So, well, that brings up Dom Simon in a, in a and wait, yep. is he's the one guy that made it, or it's someone else. He's it the only over? one that landed it. Yes, yeah.
0: Dom's like one of our locals. Dom Simonini, Alex Avila. and they've been with us since we opened, like fully supporting and riding the park and yeah. trying to promote the best they can. So yeah, it's been uh, pretty cool. I think someone
3: even asked, if "Dom Simonini, going to be there?" Tyler Ar eighty seven. I wonder will Dom be there? <laughs> is it Prater? Maybe. What's that? Is it Prater? Maybe Tyler Prater.
0: Dom was actually here pretty late with the Kramer crew, and they were filming a video. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. They were filming a, uh, a YouTube video last mm-hmm. night with the Kramer oh, crew. Oh, sweet! Thanks. Last night? night? Yeah, last night. Oh, so, that's awesome. I don't think he was here pretty late, so I don't think he's coming here today. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. And then he actually runs uh, like uh, his uncle has and his dad have a construction company, so he's, that's his, like his daytime gig. You know. Yeah. yeah. So he's,
2: I mean, he's a local. You just said, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's only down he's down there. actually a transplant
0: too. He's from Forked River. And then he moved to Staten Island. Oh,
2: okay. You know, huh? Wow.
0: Usually people move from New York to New Jersey. Right, right, right. He kind of went backwards. <laughs> right. While his cousin Augie made the right move and went to L.A.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, Augie came back for a little bit. Did he stay? Yeah,
0: he was living here for a little bit, but he uh, constantly changes girlfriends and yeah, gotcha. decides to move back. And yeah. Yeah, he's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's back in LA now, and I think that's where you need to be if you're going to be a professional bike rider. Sure. You know, like no one really pro lives in New York anymore, right?
2: word yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe temporarily, or yeah. Whatever, but uh, we got, we got, we, got we got priced out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. It's, it's hard, man. The priced out in the seasons.
3: You know. It literally the the economy here is is hard. It's intense.
2: Yep. It's cost of living doesn't even come close to what the pay is I, I, you have to you have to have a lot of uh, money makers you know in the household to be able to afford it I think totally and yeah
0: or good. live in a rent controlled apartment yeah. Which Which means <laughs> if you're lucky for, for a while right? yeah if you got a rabbit's foot <laughs> yeah right right but I think what's going to happen is like every major city goes through it right mm-hmm. uh, Detroit was super expensive at one time yeah, now man. it's third or cheap or becoming affordable in some areas. So, like, New York's at the top right now, and so is San Francisco, but, like, they're not going to be there forever. Everyone's going to realize, hey, it's better living in Austin, Texas, yeah. or better living in Denver, Colorado, and all these folks are going to switch and go there and inflate that area, yeah. and then maybe New York will become realistic again, and maybe
3: San Francisco will become realistic again. And it's a good foundation to start a good BMX scene. Yeah. The, the Everybody leaving. The yeah, these beautiful <laughs> glass skyscrapers that's, it, with garbage in the streets below it, and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I love this city so much. As much as I hate it, I love it. 7-8 <laughs> um, uh, video. That's a uh, Jerry. Dude, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry Tullyon. Uh, yeah. Um, basic question: How often do you guys change up the layout, uh, refresh? I think you briefly mentioned that. Before. I did briefly yeah.
0: mention it, but I'm gonna uh, reiterate. Yeah. When we do like a crazy Red Bull job, we'll have like an extra, extra, extra material. Like they'll do a marketing event and. Uh, You know, it'll take 50 sheets of plywood to do this one event because we'll have to cover something or make a deck for a stage or a pop-up tent or something like that and then that material's not needed anymore. Uh So a lot of the donations come from companies like that where I'll just take that stuff, bring it here and then we'll build a bunch of ramps out of it. We did a uh, mini drone for one of the fixed gear races in Brooklyn and we basically took that and then we built that curved wall ride that was here nice. uh, oh, a couple okay. of years ago. So we're constantly taking old crap, reusing it, and then building something out, out of it. Was out that it. the
2: figure
3: eight
2: one? Uh, that, yes, the figure yeah, eight one, yeah. Yeah, that okay. was crazy. Yep. That was so awesome. Um, Just checking the batteries. fine back
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing fine. Miserable, miserable Shop says what's up. Um, Andrew, right? Andrew. Yeah. Andrew York. York? Yep. Yeah. Um, Malarkey so, Motorsports 4130. Um, when did Church Street ramps finally come to an end? See, now,
0: he must be real, He must be a, my age or from the old thing. So the church ramps were behind St. Mary's Church. Uh-huh. And that was like an illegal setup that we had for like a year. And it was this really nice guy. He owns Reynolds Shipyard in Rosebank in Staten Island. So this guy owns the whole waterfront and he runs a shipping business. For some trade reason. he owns his one lot and it's got a concrete foundation, it's a concrete slab, and we built ramps on it. And we were there for years. Yeah. And I'm sorry, one full year, right. solid, nobody bothered us. Then this idiot gets a dirt bike, and we had trails up the block, and he snapped it, he was high on, uh, what, the, what was he doing? What's that embalming fluid shit? Oh, oh yeah. What? What's that oh, dust? Yeah. Angel dust. He was doing angel dust, riding a dirt bike around, like one of the, like loser kids from your neighborhood, and he snapped his ankle off his leg on a dirt bike, and he's uh, sitting there smoking cigarettes and like his ligaments and his bones popping out, uh, and all the kids are like, "What the hell? You're not in pain?" And he's like, "What the fuck do you want me to do?" Meanwhile, he's on drugs, that's why he doesn't feel the pain. The ambulance picks him up from the property, and. The property he the the trails were a whole separate thing that were there, uh-huh. and they were on church property.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: this idiot tries to sue the owner of the ramps where we were, and he says, "Oh, I did this on the wood ramps, not on the dirt jumps." Damn. Meanwhile, the ambulance report says picked up at St. Mary's Church,
3: yeah.
0: and it was here on a dirt bike with like the report was right there. But he still tried to sue the owner of Reynolds Shipyard. Yeah. So one December. Uh, the the owner comes and he's like, hey, I'm being involved in a lawsuit. This guy says he fell here and all the kids are there. I wasn't there. I was in school and they go, oh, um, that guy fell up the block. Well, <laughs> one of you guys got to testify or, you know, we're going to have to right. bulldoze these ramps. You know, I don't want to be involved in this lawsuit, this and that. So, no one at the time was like, yeah, I'll testify against this older drug addict kid. They, no one wanted the problem at the time and I didn't know it was going to be a problem or I would have maybe tried to pursue it to like help but uh, yeah that's ended up they got bulldozed they pushed them off the hill because it was like a concrete pad on a hill and it was like devastating that it got torn down you know but then we just built another ramp around the corner right, so we right. like kept going and uh, yeah so that guy is definitely from like that era when we first started like end in the 90s or like 2000s because he knew the church street ramps is, yeah. that's what they were called you know nice
3: nice wow. You've been through some stuff,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep plugging, you just keep building, and then, and then obviously, you yep. eventually built this place, yeah, just evolving, yeah.
0: You got to adapt to the climate, whatever it is, you know. Like,
2: well, I'm glad you are, uh, you know, you're hooked up with the deal you have aside from this because, uh, we all know that you can't, you can't make a living out of this, so but it makes it even more impressive to me and, and commendable. And you may have said this already, but. Just that you that you do this, You're, you you know, you and Angelica are, are willing to lose a couple bucks more than a couple bucks to give the kids an outlet around here, and that's that's amazing. It, it really is. You've got a uh, you got a good heart doing some good things. What's pretty cool too is
0: watching my daughters grow up in this environment, mm-hmm. and it's like it's I'm super jealous. That, you know, like, <laughs> <didn't have> that. <laughs> yeah, that they're growing up in this environment and making all the friends, and uh, it's pretty cool, yeah. you know. So besides, like, the money aspect of it, if if it was providing a safe place for all the kids to grow up, I mean, that's rewarding in itself, you know.
3: Right. My, my, one of my first memories coming here, I brought my daughter and uh, <laughs> she clicked she's, with Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's she, My daughter's a year older than Adrian. And uh, they're both they, I don't even know if they were two two and three or yep. one and two. And, two and three, I think. Yeah, yeah, both both of them. Both of them are they they could walk but they they weren't they weren't sure walkers. We come out here and and, and Adrian just bolts up a ramp, grabs a coping, hoists herself up. I'm like, Whoa oh my God. skate park kid, this is awesome. Just, yep. Yeah, it was it was it, that was my first thought is damn to grow up in this space. That's that's on another level. So yeah. good. And I love that she's a female in this yeah.
0: environment growing up, and I think that's what our sport, in general, is really lacking. Is we need more Ninas, we need more Stacy's, we need more Angies in this world, you know, for the sport. And men need to stop being assholes and like embrace that, support that. And I think our culture is grown up, and we're starting to embrace that more. Mm-hmm. But even like the older guys who have kids, like, you know, don't hesitate to make your daughter get on a bike or a skateboard or scooter or rollerblades. like you should enforce that. You know, do you really want to bring them to soccer or baseball? Like push them to this or not push them but like show them it. So right. right. Their eyes are open to different things than just team sports. BMX is
3: one of the best sports for for me being a father of a daughter for girls,
2: man. It's 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 golden. It is. It definitely is. Although I haven't got my kids. They're 19 and 22 now, but my son was always Does your son circus. skate?
0: Skate's a uh, uh, surfing, surfing, but mostly yeah. Surf. Yeah. yeah, I mean, realistically, if you look at skateboarding or surfing, they're like the cousins. Yes, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're like cousins of this of the sport sure. of each other. So it's like not team, independent, mm-hmm. do it on your own right. will, and no pressure. That's yeah. awesome.
2: I, no, I completely no. agree. There's a lot of parallels with what he's, what my son has done, and I, I still love it. I think it's fantastic. Just not on a bike, but you know what, that's all right. You know yeah. Whatever your kid gravitates toward. As long as the the avenue was kind of open to that, you know, he had a bike. Uh and he just the BMX bike. He had an FBM guillotine. It was one <laughs> of the uh the set when when John Paul was working there doing completes, right? Yeah. It, not that it was just John Paul but but yeah. It was he had one of those that, that didn't that didn't get him, so he he skated and surfed. That eventually came up after. But yeah, I mean Having you able to, to kind of make that that opening for your daughter and uh, two daughters, right?
0: I have two daughters now. Uh, and the newborn, you yep, have the newborn boy.
2: gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Congratulations, buddy. Thank it's, you, thank you. Yeah. it's awesome. Month It's a month he's it, a month already. Right? Yeah, yeah. Month old, right? yeah. It's cutest, cutest baby, definitely.
0: I think he's ugly. <laughs> 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 no. Nah no
2: I mean maybe it was the maybe it was the Mitzi had on but he looked yeah, pretty yeah. cute uh, yeah yeah you know best to keep him, it's been so long since I had a baby um <laughs> they don't scratch themselves right as yep. their nails grow in yeah 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 because they don't really know what they're doing yeah they're just beating they themselves up and beating mom up too yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> totally yeah um did you have more on the Instagram nope that was it for the Instagram gotcha uh I you got have a long ask. list there. I well, we covered a lot. Yeah, awesome. Um, I have to ask you, just Mets or Yankees? This is my for um, lolly.
0: Got it, got it. Uh, I know they're not going to like this, but I grew up a Mets fan. All right. Yeah, I might, D- Dwight Gooden was my favorite uh, Mets fan. I just back don't... when I paid attention to baseball. Yeah.
2: Got it. Yeah. I just didn't want to be the only guy that stepped foot in at Malali and, and said that I was a Red Sox fan. Got it, got it. Oh, almost, no, Red Sox. That almost, uh, entered, okay. the, almost ended the interview right away. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to repost that interview because I was listening to it uh, today going to work. And uh, it was... Uh, the beginning part's horrible. The intro's horrible. But the, the conversation with those guys, and, and you know them all well, yeah. those guys are intense. They love, love, love what they're doing. Yeah. And just... Just like you. And like I said, they mentioned you and said, you got to meet this guy. You know, <laughs> So you guys are definitely together in that. But uh, I don't know. If you want to talk about a little bit of future, uh, future stuff, oh, let me just mention real quick that the shop area is pretty cool. You do, I think you talked about but it, it's set up nice and you've got a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's all
0: just acquired stuff from like different events or different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, jobs and stuff like that Just putting stuff together mm-hmm. And uh, we went for like the gas pipe And
2: uh, uh, reclaimed look You know, uh-huh. that's it Right, right But the shop stuff as far as Bike shop stuff, skate shop stuff Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah Okay
0: No, I meant the displays <laughs> The display? Yeah, yeah It's like uh, everything is Yeah gotcha. like, uh, like the counters we actually got from a museum Oh, nice Yeah, yeah Like where all the BMX stuff is And like way behind the desk
1: gotcha. But
0: uh, to talk about the future uh, we are currently looking for another space because like I said before, like this will be a Whole Foods eventually. Like this part of Staten Island is like gentrifying and changing very quickly yeah. and they're knocking old buildings down and building, you know, five story buildings with nine hundred and forty-four units. Yeah. And so the writings on the wall, eventually this place will get bulldozed mm-hmm. and turned into, you know, condos or most likely rentals, whatever it be. So we are looking for another space where we can move into. and uh, But it's kind of hard because, one, landlords don't want to rent to skate parks. And two, we can't afford to pay a lot. You know, uh, There was this uh, proposal that we had in front of the elected officials. There's an abandoned airplane hangar in the middle middle of Staten Island. Uh, it's on Miller Field's airplane. Uh, they're called Miller Field's. Airplane hangars are in the middle of field park, mm-hmm. and the National Park Service has it, and it's been sitting there, Derek, for 30 years. So we wrote a proposal, we sent it to national parks, and we sent it to the politicians and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and all the local politicians endorsed it, but it's kind of just like hung up. They have to release a what's called an RFP, which is a request proposal, and then we would respond to the RFP and say, hey, this is what we would do with this particular plot of land. Sure uh they got six million dollars to take down the hangars, so they're going to take down the walls and the internal structures and they're just going to leave the roof and then our proposal would be to close that back in and then program it where it would be half a skate park and the other half would be like an event space where it would be like a concert venue or uh, community groups on hold town halls there or whatever be weddings and uh we also wanted to turn it into because uh uh, Millersfield Airport Hangar was pivotal in World War II, so we'd want to use it for uh, like a museum for, towards World War II stuff. Sure. So we have a bunch of ideas, but it's just kind of like, hey, give us the space so we could curate it, but it's just being stalled right now. So that potentially would probably be the future is maybe moving into something like that mm-hmm. or, you know, getting another space in,
2: right. you know, right. getting there. Another reason to have people support this so you can keep your head above water or get your head above water <laughs> and, and uh, you start putting some money away for whatever the city won't cover, right? Yeah. With that. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I know I'll buy stuff on the way out. I don't know about you, but yeah. we need everyone listening to, to definitely uh, hit up the shop. I was grabbing stuff on the way out. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna, come, You're going to pay for backpack. it, right? No, no. Okay. All right. Just <laughs> making sure. Of course. Uh,
3: yeah, that's that's awesome. So you're uh, you're I, I remember talk, you talking about the hanger stuff, and um, that was that's like a few years of making now. Or yeah, it's been yeah. it's been happening. So well, you're but so you're 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 currently active. I, I just wanted to put that out there that it's not just uh, I know that this is going to go away. It's I know this is going to go away, and I'm making steps. Like yeah. it's always you uh, again being adaptable. You always got to be on your toes and ready for the next step and whatever whatever yeah. stuff. Be realistic about it.
0: It's kind of like CBGB in New York. Like we thought that would be there forever, but yeah. eventually it went away. Oh, right. Totally. Now yeah. it's like a granite place or art place or something like that. Yeah. You know, on the Bowery.
3: On that note, know. on that note, the skate park is that this, this this place like I don't know. Everyone should get to it while it's here. While, yeah. while, it's, while it's while it's <laughs> in its while it's in its yeah, while it's in its prime. The new ramp setup is totally gorgeous. Thank you. thank it's you Amazing.
2: Yeah. Definitely. And I love that bowl. That was yeah. awesome. Bikes in and skate, right? Do bikers and skaters get along here? Yeah,
0: it's weird. Now, the newer kids, like Cameron, mm-hmm. the one kid, he came here, he was like one of the first 10 kids who came into the door. And he came here on a scooter, got into skateboarding, and then eventually Alex and Dom got him to buy a bike. And now he's a full-blown like, BMX rider. Nice. But, like, but he'll do everything. Mm-hmm. He'll come here and grab somebody's scooter or he'll skate mm-hmm. a lot and it's like now they're doing all three yeah, probably. When before when it, you know our demographic was like ah oh, skateboarders, road We all hated each other, yeah. but now they're all doing everything mm-hmm. and they're all friendly with each other So yes, the younger kids are getting along. It's the older guys that don't want to be around other sports Yeah, you know? totally
3: get over it seriously yeah, yeah. Right. it's it's scooters of the park like yeah it's not the end of the world and this yeah. it, and the scooters of the park that are paying the entry fee that's what's helping us, helping us yeah happy. you know what i mean yeah. so
2: absolutely have to have them i am not really fond of the uh, anti-scooter talk that I, you know you see online or whatever because it's but yeah you, you gotta kids try to, no. right right yeah. i mean if they're not there exactly what you guys are saying. I mean, that's that's the yeah, There'd be no, you there know. Would be no indoor skate parks yeah. in New York City it's, or, or in general, yeah, no, exactly. Without the scooter culture, and yeah.
0: ask, ask anybody, Chad from Ramp Riders or you know, sure. whatever the spot, yeah. they'll all tell you the same thing. Yeah. That's another surreal thing is like how the skate parks keep in touch with each other. Like, there's a skate house in LA, and they're like full on talking to Angelica, you know, and like I get I'm talking to skate parks in Australia. That are like talking about the struggle of being open and like, hey, buy this brand. It's like this is what's hot for us, and like we're literally linking to each other and talking to each other, like help each other out to nice. stay in
3: business, spread knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. And
0: uh, Ramp Riders is one of the guys that, you know I talk to and stuff like that. Cool. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool how everyone talks and helps each other.
2: Yeah. That's good. I don't have anything else, dude. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, we're going to take a walk. Maybe we could take a little walk around the park. That that um, sounds amazing. What's that? Let's do that. Let's take a walk. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to try heard, to I heard kids it moving around being... yeah, out there. Yeah, no
0: worries. Thank yeah. you for coming down here. I know it's a long drive and you had icy roads and you risked your life to come back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. and thank you trip's to every... not done yet. <laughs> no. Oh, you still got to go home,
2: right? Uh, no, I'm happy Stay to Stay at Brian's house. <laughs> I know. I, if I didn't have to work tomorrow, there's no doubt I'd be staying at Brian's. I've stayed there many times before. Couch, couch. Brian, and... Brian has been absolutely the best for Best friend, just best everything for me. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I appreciate it, Brian. Uh, but you're welcome. I've been wanting to get to this, and I apologize it took so long. No, no, no. And, I apologize. Uh, Thanks to you for coming. Yeah. Thanks, to everyone, for listening. Yeah. You know? I, 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 uh, I learned so much, and I love that you were surprised, too. I was so I excited like, for this interview. I can't wait for the stories. It's great, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, real quickly, aside from us trying to buy out everything you have, but we to to an extent, I only have so much money. But uh, you're talking about buying online, so eBay. It would be fifty fifty skate park yeah. on eBay. Yep. Okay.
0: Or just follow us on Instagram five zero five zero skate park, and uh, don't hesitate to email us. My email is ep at five zero five zero skate park dot com.
2: All right. Cool. I'll write this down after I uh, stop it. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Oh yeah.
1: Perfect.
2: Oh,
3: Dude, that was, that was so good, man. I can fucking listen to you talk all day.
1: Yeah. <laughs>